What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Coban. It's November 5, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn, episode 60. In this episode, I'll be talking about why they say cardio kills your gains. Is it true? Well, a little bit. And the second topic for today, I'll talk about how exercising less could actually benefit you and your gains and muscle mass and fat loss and all of that good stuff. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately and that might include fitness related topics and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon and you can also check out my website isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram at lift and learn podcast on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Training is going super well this week. Back to it. Making really good progress right now in my life. Flat bench was easy mode at 260 for five reps for a few sets. And I think I've really adjusted to working out at 5 a.m. now, which is something that I used to do pre-pandemic every single day. So that's actually like 20 months ago now that I think about it, which is crazy to think about. Life is almost back to normal. Like all of this post-COVID stuff, besides the uh, constant mask wearing, my life is as hectic as like uh, early 2020 days. So... Anyways, my pre-workout meal used to be bananas a few years ago, so I figured I would just uh, go back to doing that again. So I started doing that a few weeks ago when work started getting super crazy. I like to work out in the mornings before any other work I need to do. I feel like it just sets a good mood for the rest of the day. But I actually noticed that eating just one banana as a pre-workout meal for a 5 a.m. workout... I'd actually be feeling really drained like midway through my workout and by the end I was just feeling tired and gassed. So lately I switched it up to something that seems to be actually uh, working pretty well for me which are blueberries and a little bit of Greek yogurt and as much water as possible in the hour before I go to the gym. And the workouts went well on that food for me. Usually when I'd have just the banana, like I said, I was feeling drained halfway through the workout, so I'd be uh, drinking Gatorade for intro workout, so to drink during the workout, basically. And that helped me push uh, through those sessions. It was likely the sodium and readily available carbs that got me through those workouts, but now I don't really need it. I usually am still able to get in my whole workout without feeling tired with the blueberries, so that's been really great lately. My four or five day split has been really working for me. I took two days off last week, and in the past, I couldn't imagine taking two days off of the gym, but now I am starting to realize those benefits when it comes to letting your body recover. I feel like that's something that will definitely help me going forward. And it's been great the past two or three weeks. 
So working out every day, or at least pushing it real hard with max intensity every single day in the gym, is a thing of the past for me. So yeah, 260 on bench for a few sets, and clearly my chest and bench is pretty damn strong already. So going forward, I'm definitely going to do my best to bring up my back, especially my legs over the next few months. I was going to start these new goals in 2022, honestly, but I figured why not just start now? Why wait until New Year's resolutions, which are likely going to fail anyway? November 1st this past week was on the Monday, so I felt like it was a good time, a good refresh to just touch up on some goals that I had, so that's something to work on going forward. I just recently started my bulk, and starting it out at around 172 pounds, and that's actually pretty amazing looking back at it, and oh no, I totally forgot to hit up the Planet Fitness on the first Monday of the month, damn it. Should have just went and got some free pizza earlier this week. I'm just kidding. So I've mentioned before about how um, before I was started lifting, which was around 22 or 23 years old, I was literally 145 pounds soaking wet for like eight or nine years at that point, basically since high school. After that first bulk in uh, collage, I was going to say, after the first bulk in college, um... I gained about 40 pounds, so that probably took me about eight months to get to, um, yeah, to get to almost 190, but I was just straight up fat after that one. That was my first bulk after trying to overcome the fact that I was like skinny my whole life. So that dirty bulk, I did go a bit crazy. So looking back on it, I guess I have put on a bit of muscle over the years. I know for sure when I was 170 in the past, for the first few years of my lifting career, it was pretty much the middle of my bulk, so I was already pretty chunky at this point. And I feel like me now at 170 is actually a pretty good size for me. My stomach isn't just straight up fat or round. My face isn't nearly as big. It doesn't hold as much fat as it used to. So some of that weight must be some muscle mass that I've put on over the years. Besides that first bulk where I'd gotten up to almost 190, actually I think I did see 192 is the highest I've seen on the scale, but I haven't really been in the 180s even. But since I've started this bulk at like 172 already, that must mean something is going right. I must be doing something right. I don't think I've been this strong at this weight before either, so that's going to keep me motivated going forward. I guess the plan all these years is really starting to pay off, even through COVID, so that's a good sign. So I'll try to bring up my back over the next few months, so I have to start incorporating some heavy conventional deadlift sessions in my routine, and then I need to work harder on my legs as well. I've been pretty consistent when it comes to hitting calves, so Hopefully I can bring them up a bit uh, over the next few years so that I can start wearing some shorts more often without being too embarrassed. Alright, so since the bulk is going pretty well, just started at 172 to 174 pounds. Usually I'll start a bulk at like 160 or something, but I've been maintaining around 170 for the past few months actually and I don't feel fat. And I figured I would share one of my favorite meals that I've been eating so far. 
I'm not going to lie, I got this idea from another podcast I listened to called Stronger by Science. And I think it was Eric on there who likes to share one of his latest recipes that's been a staple in his diet. And I want to do the same. So here's about an 800 calorie meal. But if you want, you can adjust certain things about it so that it'll suit your own calories or your life more or whatever. So, all right, you only need a few ingredients for this one. Chicken thighs, rice, spinach, and whatever sauce you like. So, first off, you're going to cook the chicken thighs. So, this is done on the stovetop or whatever. So, first, put a little bit of olive oil in the pan. Toss some garlic in there if you want to. Maybe even some onions. Whatever you want to dress it up. Then, cook your chicken thighs in there for a few minutes. When that's done, toss as much spinach in there as you can since it'll cook and basically it'll whittle down to like 5% of whatever you put in there. Then for me, that's when I like to toss the sauce on there and I change it up every now and then. Sometimes I'll use a barbecue sauce, but I've been using this honey garlic one lately. I think it's Diana sauce or something and that adds about 50 to 100 calories depending on how much you use. Keep in mind that I'm on a bulk, so 100 calories isn't a big deal for me. And there's also not much highly processed foods in my diet on a daily basis. And my daily goal right now is around 2850, so right around 3000 calories. Okay, so after all that, I just toss in my already cooked white rice in there and let that all soak in there for a few minutes on the lowest temperature. Sometimes I'll squeeze some lemon in there. Uh, if I'm in the mood, and voila, you have a great meal right there. Like I said, you can um, alter this meal uh, to your liking. It tastes pretty good with chicken breast instead of thighs also. I do that on days where I have less calories to eat. And you can also reduce how much rice you use. I use around 300 grams of rice, so you can even cut that in half. And you can easily make this a 400 to 500 calorie meal instead of my usual 800. You can also swap out the rice for quinoa if you like. You can change the spinach to some chopped up broccoli. That works great as well. But my go-to combo right now is the chicken thighs, spinach, rice with honey garlic sauce. I look forward to that meal every day. It's so good. Sometimes I'll have it for lunch. Sometimes it'll be my dinner. The meal's very flexible, I think, and it's very simple to make. I mean, even I can do it. I think it's a pretty good one to try. If you're short on dinner ideas, there's one for you. It also does not take long to make, which is obviously a positive. All right, so continuing on with how the gyms are operating in Canada, I did not notice an uptick in people in the gym since they opened to full capacity. And now this gym that I go to in Mississauga actually acts, oh, ah, wow, I almost said acts, <laughs> actually asks for your, um, what is it called now? Vaccine QR code before you go inside. Now, this isn't that big of a deal for me because here in Ontario, Canada, you can grab the QR code off of Ontario.ca after putting in your health card info or whatever. And then that gets sent to your Apple Health if you have an iPhone, so that's pretty cool. I'm sure it works the same way on Android. Makes things a bit easier. 
It's the only place, though, that I've been to where I actually have to show my vaccination status, so I'm not sure about how other places have been running it. Like, I don't know if that's how it's already been working in restaurants or at the movies or whatever. My only experience with vaccine-related things is the few gyms that I go to. There's a Planet Fitness I go to in Mississauga, and they also ask for vaccination stuff every time you walk in. Kind of annoying, because it's supposed to be there already on my Crunch and Planet Fitness membership. But I guess it's good that they're double-checking, because I do know it's pretty easy to forge the other method. I guess the QR code stuff does make it harder to fake. It's good, but again, they need to start integrating that into their systems somehow. Alright, moving on from that and on to sports, and first, hockey for a bit. The Chicago Blackhawks finally, I mean finally, won a game. They beat Ottawa earlier this week, and the biggest beauty in the league, Patty Kane, he was out there after missing 11 days due to COVID protocol, comes back and scores three goals. Call him Hattrick Kane now, baby. So then a few days after that, they played the undefeated Carolina Hurricanes, and they actually had a pretty good chance at winning that game. They were up 3-1 to one at one point, and things looked good, but honestly, Fleury let in a few easy goals there, so that game slipped away. We even had a man advantage for the last five minutes of the game and could not score, so that was disappointing. One win... Jesus Christ. In the first 10 or 11 games, we got one win. Unbelievable, but at least we're doing better than Arizona so far, I guess. Oh, yeah, there was also a trade there. A pretty big trade this week. Actually, before I move off of hockey, Jack Eichel was finally traded from the Buffalo Sabres. There was rumors he was going to go to Calgary, but goes to Las Vegas, the Golden Knights. We'll see who actually wins this trade in the end. Eichel is now going to get his neck surgery that he wants, the one that all the doctors on the Buffalo team staff said not to. So I guess you can say that Las Vegas is in a gambling mood when it comes to the surgery. Ayo! <laughs> so hopefully it pays off for the team and for Jack, of course. So, <laughs> oh my god, can't believe I just did that. So anyways, in regards to the neck injury... Okay, so Buffalo wanted to do some kind of fusion surgery on Eichel's neck, but uh, Eichel wants to do, uh, what is it called now, artificial disc replacement. So they disagreed, and it looks like Vegas is letting him do whatever surgery he wants to do. It's never been done on an NHL player before, though, so we'll see what happens. Like I said, hope it works out for him. And finally, the last thing to say about baseball until the Jays step back on the field next summer, Atlanta Braves win the World Series over the Houston Astros. And in Game 5, I actually watched this one. I watched it at the beginning. Atlanta started that game with a huge grand slam pretty early, and it was 4-0 at that point. So figured the game was over and put on some hockey, put on some basketball probably at that point. But they actually ended up losing that game. So apparently the Astros like came back to win 9-5. But in Game 6 though, pure domination from Atlanta. Ended up winning that game 7-0. Let the celebrations begin. It was actually a pretty high scoring series. I mean for baseball, at least that's what it felt like. I'm just reading some of the scores here now. Hold on. 
Look at this. Six two seven two nine five seven nothing. Uh, nice. Congratulations to the Braves. I don't think anyone had them winning it this year. I think that's their first ring since the 90s when they still had Greg Maddox, who just dominated that era. I also read that in the regular season, actually, the Atlanta Braves actually had less wins than the Toronto Blue Jays. Ah, what could have been. And the Raptors had a good week, so that's good to see. Uh, Some local talent actually playing well. They've won five in a row now, I think, so they're really on a roll. And they even played a game or two without their leading scorer, which I think was Scotty Barnes for a bit. And OG Ananobi is really a different player this season, man. He used to just be one of those spot-up shooters with good defense, but I'm watching his game, and it really evolved this year. His dribbling is a lot better, and he can actually create his own shot with his dribbling now, which is great to have. He's got that step back working for him this year, so his footwork and overall game has actually really improved. It's good to see. Back to hockey and then on to the fitness topic. In a minute, even the Leafs pulled out a win against the defending champs just a few minutes ago. I'm recording this Thursday night, by the way. So they just beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime. Tavares tied it up with 40 seconds left in regulation at the end of the third period. Then, so, oh, well, I mean, yeah, it went to overtime after, but it was tied 1-1. And then Marner to Matthews to Nylander for a one-timer in overtime on the power play. Marner had a slow start to the season, actually, but he's picked it up over the past few days. And I've really noticed him because I have him on my hockey fantasy team. He's definitely stepped it up. Uh, the past three games now, so that's a good sign. Question one. Why they say cardio kills your gains? Here's a debatable topic, since I do think that when people first think of working out or losing weight, the first thing people will think is that cardio is the key to weight loss. I see it all the time. I think that's still generally the idea that people have today, and it'll probably stay that way unless the mindset changes or just the general public just becomes more educated about this kind of stuff. Like, um, cardio is probably done more because your goal is trying to stay lean and fit as opposed to working out with weights. I think there's still that thought uh, that when you lift weights that you'll just get big and bulky. I think that's the biggest fear that women have, but especially for them, resistance training is what you need to be doing. The thing about cardio, your body will adapt to it pretty quickly, actually. If you're constantly on the treadmill doing your 200 calories daily, yeah, that could be somewhat accurate. I mean, who really knows with the machines at the gym? Those are just ballpark numbers and estimates. But if you're uh, doing 200 calories every day, trying to burn off a bit of that lunch or whatever, that's not just going to be 200 calories all the time. Eventually, your body adapts to that. So maybe you're only really burning 190 calories or something like that. Then after a while, your body will adapt. After a while, it might be 175 or just 150 calories you're burning with those sessions, even though the machine does say 200 calories. Then you might start to wonder in a few weeks why this plan of yours isn't working because 
theoretically you should be in a calorie 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 deficit with whatever cardio you're doing and by minimizing your eating and then you find out that you're still somehow gaining weight over time so you start to do more and more cardio and that just becomes a vicious cycle that you don't want to get into because honestly it's a lot easier to eat calories than to burn them off you can easily eat hundreds of calories in a few minutes but it'll take you a long time to burn off on the treadmill the thing is the right amount of cardio should be fine when it comes to trying to keep muscle on your body and burning body fat so no cardio won't completely kill your gains or you're not going to lose all your muscle if you do a little bit of cardio it's when your cardio starts to get lengthy and gets into the hour plus range every single day that's when i mean you know what you you're better off uh, spending time doing resistance training instead so a good amount of uh, cardio is usually less than 30 minutes generally, probably even 20 minutes, and a low speed is fine. Again, cardio can definitely still be useful, especially for those who are sedentary. I know people still might not be working or going into the office until next year, so during these colder months where you might not be able to go outside, cardio does have its purpose. I know I just recently started up a bit of a cardio routine as well since me playing sports is pretty much done now, now that it's winter. I woke up this morning with a bunch of frost on the car. I have maybe one or two golf sessions to go and those are days where I walk maybe somewhere in between 12 to 15,000 steps, but the rest of the week could be under that, could be under 10,000 honestly on some days, unless I do some kind of extra cardio. So like I said, yeah, it's cold now. I heard it snowed in London, Ontario earlier this week. So I'm definitely not going to be walking outside until the springtime. So the winter, that's usually where the cardio machines, I mean, they have their place because you do still need to be somewhat active, especially if you're stuck in the house on the computer for eight or nine hours a day. The right amount of cardio should be fine if you're looking to keep muscle on your body. Around 30 minutes should be fine for most people, but again, that depends how active you are the rest of your day. But you have to keep in mind that you should probably be doing a lower speed if you're going to do longer walks. So like topic two for today, you need to remember that recovery is an important part when it comes to building muscle and also when it comes to weight loss, actually. Maybe your hardcore cardio sessions are causing you to burn hundreds of calories because you're doing it for one or two hours a day. But the thing is, that's not a sustainable approach when it comes to weight loss. Because are you really going to do an hour of cardio every day for the rest of your life to maintain, I mean, if you eventually get to your dream body? You might be able to do it for a while, but you won't be able to do it forever. Because eventually, life is going to get busy, and on those days where you miss those days doing your hour or two of cardio... You're likely going to think to yourself that you're going to get fat now because you're not able to burn off those hundreds of calories that you usually do. And then you're going to get uh, into your head about all of this and then decide that skipping a meal or two would be a good idea. Just think about the habits you're creating for yourself in the long term. So in terms of cardio, this is actually where HIIT training could actually be beneficial. I've talked about HIIT before. 
It's not for everybody because it is high intensity interval training, exactly what it says. That means there's going to be more impact on your joints and that's where knee and ankle problems and even shin splints could happen. So HIT means you're doing maybe 10 to 15 minutes on the treadmill. This is where you do something like 30 seconds of running or, I don't know, 15 seconds of sprinting with a one-minute walk. And then you repeat that for a few times. That's just a random example. But training like this, this HIT style of training, has been shown to actually keep on more muscle during those cardio sessions because you're actually running or sprinting for some amount of time. And that stresses those leg muscles a lot more than just walking. Now, like I said... This is not for everyone. If you're someone who hasn't run in years, this could be dangerous for you and you could wind up injured. So ease yourself into this one if you're going to try it out. But HIT style of training does help keep on muscle mass a bit better than, than the uh, low intensity steady state cardio. So when it comes to most forms of cardio, there's not really any long lasting effects. This is why resistance training is so much more superior than cardio when it comes to your goal. And that includes if you're trying to lose body fat, if that's one of your goals right there. You've heard me say it before, metabolism increases with resistance training. There's those long lasting effects I'm talking about. So one day, maybe you're burning 1500 calories per day, for example. You gain a little muscle a few months from now. Maybe you're burning 1,600 calories per day, 100 calories more. That doesn't seem like that much, but in the long term, that means more body fat being burned daily just because you're living and breathing because of that extra muscle tissue that you put on. So because you won't be able to do cardio every day for the rest of your life, you need to do some kind of exercise that'll give you long-term or longer-lasting effects something that'll increase your metabolism. That's why resistance training is so important when it comes to weight management. This is pretty clear, actually. If you've worked out pretty consistently, you're burning just so many more calories. You're eating so much, not gaining weight. It's just the craziest thing. So you need to be exercising in a way where you're going to be maximizing the amount of muscle you're gaining for that lean body mass. In terms of cardio killing your gains... I'll disagree a bit there because you can still do some cardio without losing all your muscle. Again, if you do too much cardio, I mean, just look at endurance or marathon runners. They're definitely on the skinnier side of things, but they don't really have much muscle on their body. If that's your goal, more power to you. But for most people, having some muscle mass is just more aesthetically pleasing and you don't have to run every day to maintain your body. So cardio does not kill your gains, but you're limiting the amount of muscle you're going to gain if you're doing too much cardio. You can still do cardio as long as it's not more of a focus in your training compared to the resistance training aspect. You should be doing more resistance training than your cardio sessions, basically what I'm trying to say, because they're competing signals there. So yes, you can still do some amount of cardio throughout the week, and still keep most of your muscle as long as you're doing more training with weights than hardcore cardio. In terms of how your workout should be structured, cardio should be done after your weight training because lifting weights are more important. You should do that first, which is when you have the most energy in the workout at the beginning. 
Cardio does have its benefits for cardiovascular purposes, don't get me wrong, but if you're looking for a more sustainable weight loss approach, resistance training is what you should be more focused on when it comes to muscle building and weight loss. Again, you're limiting the amount of muscle you're going to gain if you're doing too much cardio. But to say that it kills it entirely is pretty inaccurate, and that's usually the case when you give general statements like this. Question 2. How exercising less can lead to more gains or more results? This is something I talked about briefly in the first topic for today, or like in the personal topic. I think it was either earlier in this podcast episode or was it last week's, but anyways, it doesn't matter. I figured I was going to expand on this a little bit because I've actually been getting a bunch of questions about this lately. Like, how am I working out less but making progress, or how you could do the same? Because it seems kind of counterproductive, right? I've even mentioned this to a client pretty recently, actually, because he was telling me how he has a friend that's been working out six days a week, but he's actually catching up to him in terms of progress, so he was just wondering how that's happening. So what he was saying is he has a friend who's working out six days, this guy only works out three days, and the three days guy is actually catching up to the guy who goes six times a week. Alright, so it all depends on how your workouts are structured. Like... If you're doing the typical bro split, and I've talked about this before, you're doing one muscle group per day. So chest on one day, back on one day, legs on another day. Maybe you have an arm day every week. The thing is, okay, so in this situation, you're someone who now works out five or six times a week. That sounds pretty good on paper. Well, yeah, but there's a way to be so much more efficient with your training. And that could mean working out on less days of the week, with a different body workout split. And especially if you're someone who's busy, you can definitely get in great workouts just two to four times a week. That's more than enough. You'll probably even make more progress by switching your workout programming to something like this. Something like full body two times or three times a week could be great. Or if you work out three to four times a week, again, a full body workout would be good, but even an upper lower split could work in this situation too. Again, you're working more muscle groups per day, and at the end of the week, that could mean more working sets towards your muscles and more repetition and practice with those exercises, especially compared to a bro split training routine. Think about something where you have chest day Monday, okay, that's International Chest Day. So you're in there for like one or two hours just hitting chest. You're doing barbell bench press, incline bench press. Maybe you're doing chest flies, maybe pec deck or cable flies. I don't know. Then after that, maybe you'll add in some hammer strength machines in there as well. Trust me, actually. I know exactly what I'm talking about because I know this routine all too well in my earlier days of lifting. That's a pretty exhausting workout. I remember me and my buddy used to spend two or three hours at LA Fitness doing this workout. So yeah, that is exhausting. You're basically taking the chest all the way to failure any way possible. And then you're spending the next three or four days recovering from all of that volume. So you hit chest on Monday, completely hammered it. And then you might not hit chest again until Friday or even the weekend or something. I remember... 
me and my buddy used to do these two or three hour, yeah, chest days at LA Fitness. And we used to message each other like, bro, I'm so sore. What a good workout. I probably won't hit chest for like another few days. Yeah, looking back on it, it's just, damn, what a waste. What a waste. There could have made so much more progress over the years doing something like this, honestly. So, okay, sorry, let's get back on track here. So, um, let's see, what was I going to say? So maybe you did hit 20 sets there all in that one day, but actually splitting up a routine like that throughout the week, spreading out the chest volume throughout the week could actually benefit you a lot more. There's been research that has shown that frequency or the amount of times you hit your muscles per week actually makes a huge difference and it's been shown to add more muscle mass to whatever area you're targeting. So instead of doing barbell bench, incline, chest flies, all in one session, if you're deciding to do a full body routine, let's say Monday, Wednesday, and Friday or something, you can do legs every time if you want to. You can do back every time. You can do chest every single time. The thing is, you have to scale volume differently for full body days. If you're just hammering just your chest on Mondays, you're probably doing three or four exercises. But if you're doing a full body routine, you can do one or maybe two exercises for whatever body part you want to. And you're practicing it more throughout the week. So maybe Monday you do the incline variation. Wednesday you'll do a flat bench variation. Maybe on Friday that could be a higher chest focus day where maybe you'll do two exercises. Maybe an incline and a fly. Like I said, your workout structure and programming is going to be the key to figuring out what to do so that your body can benefit from it. And the thing is, you won't be super sore for the next few days because you're doing an appropriate amount of volume per day, so you'll notice your strength actually increase over the next few weeks with a routine like this. Your body will actually recover quicker this way, doing maybe 3-5 to five sets per day per body part, and by the end of the week, you should be getting an adequate amount of weekly sets. I remember this was really useful with my clients that I'd see. Now, back in the day, I was trying to see clients every day because I figured that would be the best way for them to make progress. Because I figured the more they exercise, the better that would be for them. Conveniently, that also meant more money in my pocket. And, man, I was really wrong about that. And I didn't learn that until a few years into me already training clients. So it's all a learning process. So lately with this one client, we used to practice squatting uh, maybe once a week because of the workout split we were on. We used to go three times per week, one day for legs, one day for chest and triceps and shoulders. So a push day and a pull day, one day for back and biceps, basically. So... Because of this routine, okay, the client only squatted once per week because we only did legs once per week, right? And we saw some progress initially, of course, but it wasn't until we switched up the routine to a full body routine where she could actually practice that squat more often throughout the week. And now we were only working out twice a week. So she was still able to squat twice a week. That's when we really started to see more progress. Her squat became much better looking. She was able to get to depth more, so get lower in the squat. She was getting stronger and started to see those changes in her legs and her overall body. 
that repetition, that practice, everything you do in the gym will just become second nature. She would even tell me before that it would be a struggle for her to go by herself and set up the safety bars or the bar height. But with that constant practice that she's had to do, everything just became easier. If you're hitting your squats once a week, okay, so there's 52 weeks in one year. So if you hit your squats once a week, uh, once a, what, what did I even say there? If you're hitting your squats once a week, okay, in one year, you'll be practicing that movement around 50 times. Well, if you're doing it twice or even three times a week, now you're practicing this movement 100 times or even 150 times per year, doubling and tripling the amount of practice. And with that, you're sure to make more gains that way. And you're still able to give your body a good amount of recovery time. So working out three times, let's say a full body routine, you're able to work whatever body parts you want. And if you have some time, like a day or two in between your workouts, that's more than enough time for your body to recover for the next workout if your intensity was appropriate. Again, I'll give you another example as to why working out less could give you more results, and it's something I recently noticed with myself, and it's actually about diet. So I chose working out over preparing things like food options. So basically I was working out so much, I didn't even have time to cook myself dinner, so sometimes that meant skipping meals or being lazier and having takeout food. So yeah, I did end up going to the gym all the time, whenever I could, but in terms of actual growth or progress, I was stuck in kind of a plateau for a while because I wasn't giving my body the nutrients and protein and food that it needed to grow and adapt to that muscle building stimulus I was constantly giving it. But when I took that step back, maybe used those two hours of gym time, instead I used that to relax a little bit, make some food for today, later that day, and maybe the next day. That's where I started to notice more growth and change because gaining muscle isn't just about going to the gym for eight hours a day. As, I mean, as much as I would love to think of the gym as some Dragon Ball Z hyperbolic time chamber, as much as I wish we had something like that, unfortunately, we're just regular humans. We're not Super Saiyans, so we need that rest and recovery. And with that, diet is also super important in terms of recovery and building muscle. You can't just go to the gym, hit eight hours of arms with Rich Piana, and expect at the end of the day to be as big as him. That's just not how it works, unfortunately, or else I would do that. So take a look at how your workout programming is structured right now. If you feel like you don't have time to work out five or five to seven days a week, maybe try cutting back down to a two or three or four day routine where you're doing a full body routine or even an upper lower split would work there and you'll definitely see some benefit. You should see some gains there and you'll notice your strength increase, your body fat start to go down a little bit and that confidence in the gym and in life should improve as well. And that concludes episode 60 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. 
If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copan on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopan.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. <laughs>